The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What are the most successful change leaders of today doing that makes them stand out? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is this week's host. Hi, this is Kate Ebner. Welcome this morning. I'm delighted to feature a conversation today about fierce leadership and 10 lessons for women from someone who really knows. My guest is Alicia Rodriguez, who spent the last 20 years working with clients all over the world as a personal advisor and leadership coach. She has worked with people who wanted personal development, as well as CEOs of major corporations, nonprofit executive directors, social entrepreneurs. Uh, Alicia has her own philosophy about leadership, about life, and her focus on women in leadership is one of the things we're really going to key into today. Welcome, Alicia. Hello, Kate. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, I'm so glad that you're here, and I think of uh, the interesting and fascinating life that you've led and the work that you do, and I know that people who are listening are really going to enjoy learning from you and learning about you. So why don't we start with about you, and I'd love to have you tell us a little bit more about your background, your life history. Okay. Well, um, first I guess I'll tell you I'm originally from Boston. And my parents are from Colombia, South America, which actually plays uh, a a larger role in my life than I ever thought. And I'll I'll get to that uh, shortly. Um, I I live between two countries. I live in the United States and I live in Ecuador. So one would say I live a location-independent lifestyle and I work from both countries. I'm a writer and I'm an author of two books, the latest one being Manage Your Life Before Life Manages You, More Joy and Less Stress in 365 Days. As you said, over the last 20 years, I've worked with leaders internationally in all industries and in the nonprofit world. I also run women's retreats in Ecuador because I have a real passion for women's development. And I'm currently building my own retreat center on the coast of Ecuador called Oasis in Ecuador. Uh, just back in April, I returned from being there for about three months uh, while we're under construction and, and development. So I guess that's me in a nutshell. Um, the thing, the thing, the only thing I wanted to add was uh, in college, I, I studied abroad, and I think that's really what brought me to uh, a real desire to understand people and different cultures because I think there's a reflection, uh, kind of on the, the basic sense of what it means to be human. It's expressed differently in cultures and through their language. And so for me, travel has been a way of transformation. And that's part of the reason that I've been actively engaged in travel in my life. 
You know, one of the things that I notice um, is a, a strong theme in your work is something that you call conscious living. Can you just say a little bit more about that? Yes. Conscious living means that you intentionally create your life, your work, and a business. It, it produces a kind of confidence in who you are and what you are for the world. It's based primarily in two things. It's based in your authenticity and what I call self-love. And I'll, I'll get to that in a in a couple of minutes, but basically it's a, a form of incorporating mindfulness and intention in how you move through your life, but it comes from a source of understanding who you are truly and how you want to express that confidently and powerfully in your life, in your work, or in your business. And is this something that you bring into your work with clients, Alicia? All the time, and in particular with women. I think oftentimes a lot of clients come to me and they don't really understand how much at choice they are in their life. And maybe you can't control the event or the circumstances, but you have a lot of control over your response to that. And so by incorporating this kind of high level of attention and awareness or consciousness, you can then respond to what's going in your life thoughtfully and intentionally so that you are on purpose, creating life or your business the way that best aligns with your authenticity and the way you want to express that authenticity through your leadership or through your life. Thank you for talking about that. We may return to that. You know, you've had a company for a number of years called Sophia Associates, and I have followed your work. I know you've done phenomenal work um, through Sophia Associates, and that you've specialized in working with women who lead. And our theme today is Fierce Leadership, 10 Lessons for Women. And I'm really curious, is there a connection between the work you've done as Sophia Associates and our Fierce Leadership topic? Absolutely. So the first thing I'll tell you, people often ask me, why did I name my company Sophia Associates? Well, Sophia is an archetype that looms very large in my life, and Sophia is the goddess of wisdom. And I really do take the approach that my role is to open the doorway to my clients' wisdom, to their inherent wisdom. And so part of that wisdom comes from knowing who you are. And so all of this is like a tapestry that's woven all together with conscious living, conscious leadership and authenticity and this concept of self-love that's really at the core of understanding how we can operate in the world powerfully. And where does fierce come into it? It started in Ecuador. (laughs) (laughs) It started... It started in the work I was doing down there on myself. I always say that uh, if I'm going to be working with people, I have to have a higher level of my own development to be able to hold the space for their development. And so I have intentionally over the years challenged myself to go beyond what I believe my perceived limitations were. And that's part of the reason I went to Ecuador at the very beginning. I went to study Uh, kind of a deep spiritual inquiry for myself with the wisdom keepers in in the Ecuadorian rainforest. And I have to tell you, you know, the the Holiday Inn has been roughing it for me. (laughs) So so to go into a rainforest and kind of live in a shack for for a week is is challenging. (laughs) And it challenged everything I believed about myself, which is part of this kind of fierceness. You, you, to be fierce in leadership and in life, 
you have to be able to challenge those beliefs you have, and I would say limiting beliefs you have about who you are. And unless you do that, you can't you can't become who you're meant to be. Is that really broadly your definition, Alicia, for of fierce leadership? Is this uh, willingness to challenge your own definition of who you are to to not settle into a comfort zone or a, a familiar habit of thought about who you are and what you're capable of, but actually to really challenge yourself? Is that what you mean? Yes, it's actually it's it's pushing that envelope. It's pushing what I believe about myself. But interesting enough, that's one of the concepts. But first and foremost. Fierce leadership starts with the concept of self-love. I really believe, and I've said this over again to my clients, is self-love is the basis of personal leadership because from self-love springs self-esteem, self-care, and self-confidence. So one of the basic tenets of conscious living and conscious leadership and fierce leadership is this concept of self-care. If we don't care for ourselves first, if we don't value ourselves if we don't have compassion for our, our shadow self as well as appreciation for our talents, then we, we don't experience harmony and alignment with our authenticity. And there's no place to stand in that, in that fierceness. The fierceness means I have to be on ground. I have to know who my, I am and, and source from that place and then move through the world that way powerfully. You know, I really like the juxtaposition of those two ideas of this concept of fierceness of challenge juxtaposed with self-love or mm-hmm. um, self-compassion perhaps you know self-care because um, those two things don't uh, typically go together when people think about being fierce they're often not as connected to their own heart as I think you're suggesting that right. sometimes it's sort of like I have to fight I have to you know, I have to dig in about something versus this idea, this bigger idea of conscious uh, leadership, conscious living that you're talking about, really coming from your own center, coming from the heart. Mm-hmm. And when you're coaching leaders and you see a leader who needs to be fierce, how does that look? It's often the that person is trying to take their cues from the outside world instead of from their own internal uh, compass. And so I have to be able to kind of redirect, if you will, and start asking questions and have them engage their own personal dialogue or personal inquiry into the nature of who they am, who they are so that they can be fierce. If you don't know who you are, it's kind of like a leaf blowing in the wind. If I'm taking my cues from the outside world all the time, I'm never going to settle into the power that I have inherently. And it's my unique power. It's it's that combination, like you said, we tend to put it as an either, either or, either I'm fierce or I'm compassionate. Well, no, it's, it's absolutely both. It's what I call strength and sensitivity. And we see this in leadership all the time. To, to be sensitive is not to be weak. And we're having, you know, there's a larger discourse about this. And you see that in authors like Brene Brown and David White's poetry, so we can see that there's a shift going on around acceptance of this, not making it mutually exclusive that you can be fierce and compassionate, but actually you need to be both. You need power and love to be able to really uh, you know, manifest and express yourself in the world. 
Mm, thank you. That's a, a, a great uh, response. And, you know, when I first asked you about fierce leadership, your 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 thoughts went immediately to Ecuador. <laughs> yes. I, I want to go back to that and ask you yeah. to tell us a little bit about um, what kind of fierce leadership was needed there in Ecuador. Tell us a story about that. Uh, I'll tell you the story about walking through the rainforest because that, that was transformative for me. So I went to the rainforest in Ecuador with a, with a family of shamans. And uh, I knew the rainforest, well, obviously rain, it's wet, but I had no idea how muddy it was. And these guys were literally taking a stroll, and I was just trying to find my balance. I was just trying to not to fall in the mud. And I'm having a conversation with myself about I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to fall in the mud, I can't do this, this is too much, these guys are ignoring me. Oh, could I go on? And as I'm walking through the rainforest, I'm watching them, and I, I, was, I was just noticing that I was really negative, or, or just, I kept saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And when we got to the river, I sat by the river, and they just were engaged in their own conversation, and I had this kind of opening or shift, and I experienced a kind of oneness with the natural world. So there's that either or. It, it became not either or, but an and, and I became part of that natural world. And I could, I could smell the air. I could, you know, you can almost taste it because it, it's so rich there. And when I went back, I didn't care that I was hot and sweaty. I didn't care that there was mosquitoes buzzing around me. I had this wondrous, kind of like a childlike experience. I didn't care about taking a photograph. I didn't care if I fell in the mud. It was this kind of presence, it's a, an acute presence. Mm. And, and in there, I discovered I wasn't who I thought I was. I was so much more. I was so much more, and I hadn't broken through that limitation until I walked in the mud. So it's kind of like a metaphor, right? Sometimes we're in the mud. And we, we think things are awful, but that's the place where you grow. That's the place. I always say that life gives you the curriculum for your own development. Even, and we don't know it because we're not conscious. We're not paying attention that this is an opportunity for us to go beyond that, how we identify ourselves and to build that self-confidence and to build that powerful authenticity. I love this idea of life giving us the curriculum for our own development. What would you say is your curriculum, Alicia? Oasis. <laughs> Oasis, your retreat center. My retreat center, because I, I, when I went there and I was in it, in the construction and dealing with people, and it's a completely different culture, uh, I realized very quickly I could not be the Alicia of old. I could not be the person that I had identified myself as, because I couldn't build this extraordinary thing from that previous place. I had to then, it's, it's what uh, Bob Anderson calls the adaptive challenge, right? It's a form of the adaptive challenge in a really personal experience in a very, very personal way. As opposed to a business way, it's a personal experience of the adaptive way. If I do not find something within myself that already exists, that I haven't quite gotten to this kind of authenticity, powerful presence, confidence, whatever you want to call it, I won't be able to create something that is beyond anything I've ever created because I can't create it from the place I've been. I've got to create it from the place I'm going to. 
and that's the curriculum and that's where you go and it's uncomfortable and it's scary and you do it anyway because it matters Wow, that's an uh, that's a, a great story that you've just shared with us, and a really uh, intriguing concept. It reminds me of the work I do, Alicia, with visioning, and when leaders can see the future they want. The question is, you know, standing in that future and looking mm-hmm. back to the present. Who mm-hmm. do I have to become in right. order to get there? And it's that adaptive challenge. I really understand what you're saying, and I, I want to ask you. You know, we're going to dive into the ten lessons of fierce leadership for women and I'm sure for men in the next segment. But I wanted to ask you now, you know, what motivates you to do the work that you do? I think I've always been an explorer and I, I've, I've been just, uh, ever since I was a child, uh, I was always the question person. I remember my mother always saying to me, why do you ask so many questions? And I, and I guess that bodes well as a coach, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and so it's this kind of insatiable curiosity about the nature of who I am and as a result, uh, the nature of what it means to be human and spiritual. For me, the spirituality plays uh, a core role in my work. It, it encompasses all the rest of it. So I, I, I look at the world, I guess, through a much larger lens than anything else. And I think I've been doing that for a really long time, but it wasn't until I actually had a guide or a mentor to help me interpret and translate my experience into this kind of other wisdom and how I could apply it. That's, that was a key development piece for me. And so it, that's why I do the work because when I do this kind of work, it's transformational for people. And I'm not actually doing it. I'm just facilitating their own development. You know, it's it's you're, you sound so confident and clear as I listen to you talk about this. Have you always been that way? No, I wasn't always that way. I actually look back on that, and I if I had realized that that was the curriculum for my development, I would have probably gotten here a lot sooner. <laughs> but it's a coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know. But mm-hmm. um, so that it it builds great compassion. In, in my for me for my clients I, I I can say to them be compassionate with yourself because it wasn't the time and and look at it you're having this conversation with me in this moment this is your time this is where you stand here don't go to the past stand right here with me and then let's walk into the future together lovely I love that you know we're going to take a break in just a minute um, Alicia but I wonder, you know, as we move into the next segment, I'd really like to, to focus on those 10 lessons. Uh, are those lessons coming from your life or from your experience as a coach or both? Both. 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 Absolutely both. And uh, that kind of sense of what we talked about where fierce is that challenging piece. So if I hadn't challenged myself, I wouldn't have learned these lessons. And you referred to the, this adaptive challenge. You referred to Bob Anderson, who's actually mm-hmm. been a guest on our show at previous times. Um, I just want to say that out loud for those listening in case you'd like to hear Bob's show. Um, he's written a wonderful book called um, Mastering Leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a great read for leaders. Um, so thank you for that reference. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. My guest today is Alicia Rodriguez. She is founding an amazing retreat center in Ecuador called Oasis. She has also um, led the Sophia Associates and uh, has worked with CEOs, with leaders of all kinds of 
organizations, nonprofit, for profit, and especially women in leadership for many, many years. Um, after the break, we'll be back to learn about those 10 lessons of fierce leadership for women. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer three cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, and a certificate in facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF certified advanced coach education courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202 687 7000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. Produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. This is Kate Ebner. My guest today, Alicia Rodriguez, has published two personal development books, Everyday Epiphanies, Insights for Living with Purpose, and Manage Your Life Before Life Manages You, More Joy and Less Stress in 365 Days. She blogs and writes for numerous online and print magazines, including Smart CEO Magazine in the Baltimore, D.C. area. And we're going to give you some contact information for her as the show goes on. But right now, I promise, Alicia, that we would dive right into the 10 lessons about fierce leadership, and I can't wait to hear them. Uh, I'm happy to share them. Uh, I'll go through each lesson. I'll give you a little short background on it, and then maybe we can go back to some of them. So the first lesson was find a partner in a tribe that reflect back your strengths and greatness. 
In other words, be choosy about who you're spending your time with because those people will either reflect back to you your strength or they'll reflect back to you your weakness. Lesson number two, evolving is not comfortable and oftentimes not predictable. But life showers you with the opportunities to redefine who you are and what you are capable of. Lesson three, when you think you know who you are, life will surprise you and challenge every belief you ever had about yourself and your world. So pay attention. Lesson four, and I say this a lot to my clients, the women in particular, become the center of your universe. If you let others define you, you will never know yourself and all that beauty and greatness inherent in who you are. Lesson five, Courage is the active engagement of fear. Lesson six, life hands you the curriculum for your own development. Lesson seven, to grow, you must embrace the fullest expression of yourself. And actually, that scares most people to embrace their fullest expression of themselves. So that has a lot to do with authenticity. Lesson eight, I see this... uh, you know, find your purpose in life. I think that's a myth. I think there's an alternative to that that's much more powerful. Thus, in nine, clarity comes from engagement coupled with reflection. So it's not one or the other, it's both. Lesson 10, curiosity is your greatest developmental partner. To be curious is to be open to something new. Those are the 10 lessons. And tell me how you came to those. Partly because of my own experience of pushing myself through those limits and and kind of reflecting back on what just occurred and why did it occur and how did I create the environment for me to grow. Partly to, see, to watch my clients grow and to see what worked for them. And partly, you know, finding finding my, my S, a capital S, self, in, in a rainforest in Ecuador, like how pre- unpredictable is that, you know? So it was a, it was a reflective piece for me to, to look back and say, okay, how did these things occur? And what were the principles that brought me to where I am today that I can then share with others to help them in their own development? You know, as, as you um, talk through those 10, thank you for that over, overview of the 10, they are, each of them, worthy of uh, a full hour of conversation. <laughs> <They are. laughs> <I know. laughs> but let's choose a couple that you think are really essential for people to understand and maybe not as obvious as, as others. You know, wh- wh- where, would you, where would you like to start? Um, I think, you know, you're right. We could spend time on each one of them. And each one of them has a story attached to it. But lesson three, when you think you know who you are, life will surprise you and challenge every belief you ever had about yourself. So pay attention. This, part of this is, is the whole concept of mindfulness and paying attention. We, we miss so many opportunities to grow on our, in our daily life because we're in a hurry. This is one of the things that compromises my clients. They're just really busy people. So how do you take, how do you create very simple daily practices that can cause your client or cause anyone to pay attention to their life in a different way and notice that they're not who they think they are. They're actually capable of much more. 
So I think that's a really important lesson. And for women, lesson four is so important, becoming the center of your universe, because culturally speaking, we've been taught to take care of everyone else first. And then if there's time, we can take care of ourselves. And so you can't lead and live a a healthy, conscious life if you've got all your energy outside and you have no energy for your for yourself. So it's the kind of, you know, what they call about the, the airplane, put your oxygen mask on first. But it goes much deeper than that. It's really valuing who you are and sharing that with the world unapologetically without needing affirmation from someone outside of yourself. It's really being centered in who you are And there's a lot of power when we get to that point, what I call the center of my universe. I have this little saying that um, pleasing others puts you out by Pluto and not by the center of your universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a real lesson for most of the women that I I work with. And let me pause you on that and just talk for a moment more. Um, You know, being the center of your own universe means in real time, what is it? What does it look like? It means if I have to choose for my self-care, let, let's say we, we always overcommit. Here's a perfect example. So I say yes to something and everything in my body is telling me I shouldn't be doing that because I don't have the energy, I don't have the time, I don't have the interest. I still say yes. And so I wonder why I'm tired, why I'm, I'm overcommitted. And so I give my clients an exercise and it's a really simple one because it immediately identifies how they should be making their conscious choices. And it's only two columns. In one column, you think about your relationships and your commitments and your daily kind of life. And then ask yourself, what energizes me? And you write that in that column. In the second column, you, you kind of evaluate the same way. But the second column is what depletes me? And you write those things down. And it becomes really obvious how you should be choosing for yourself because these things on this column energize me and these things over here deplete me and I should be saying no to those things because they don't enhance my well-being. Wow, it sounds so simple and so clarifying and do you find that people can do it? Is it hard? It's hard, but once they do this exercise, I I don't really have to say much because they're, they're doing it. They're telling themselves. It's a way of engaging a personal conversation like a conversation with themselves about okay yeah when I do this I feel so much better I feel energized I feel like contributing I feel x y and z and when I do these other things it depletes me I'm tired I feel sad and and they get to decide how to choose they get to and so it it's it's the two piece of identifying what depletes and energizes us and then if it's something that comes to me and I know it depletes me pausing and making a conscious decision to do or not to do it. And that's where conscious living and conscious leadership come in, that pause. You know, and I'm just going to keep staying with this because I I know from my own coaching work that people often feel that, um, oh, I can say I don't want to do it, but I have no choice. And uh-huh. I know. So I want to hear your response to that. Um, it's called competing commitments. So I'm not choosing it because something else, I'm committed to something else. And I'm not conscious that I'm committed to something else that is in opposition of the thing that I should be doing for myself. And so when we work with someone like that, and it happens all the time, 
So I'm, I'm committed to my health and wellness, but I don't work out. So you're committed to something else. <laughs> you're not committed to your health and wellness. And so it, that's the kind of thing that when you, when you work with a client with their, what they call their, I, I call them instead of competing commitments, I call them unconscious commitments because they're not conscious. We're not aware that we're actually behaving in a way that's committed to something else besides what we say we are committed to. And when you reveal that, it, it increases their awareness and their ability to choose consciously. Thank you. Keep going. You were going to give us another one. Oh, and the last one is this kind of rather provocative statement I made that I don't believe in finding your purpose. Yes. All right. So I think purpose is the result or the outcome of understanding who you are in your, your essential nature. So, uh, you know, like one of the things I always remember was David White spoke a poem. I think he was, it was called The Kingfisher. And he said, the kingfisher never asks itself what I should be doing right now or who I am. The kingfisher just does. And it, it's kind of like that. It's understanding that if I know who I am, then I'm really clear on what I should and shouldn't do. And that's going to bring me to purpose and meaning because I am in, align or in alignment and in harmony with my true nature. And so I can express myself and taps that other one about being the full expression of yourself that's where we find purpose and purpose changes the way we are in our 20s and what's important to us and who we are at that stage is very different than we're in our 40s or 60s and so it's an it's purpose has to evolve what what brings me meaning in my 20s and 30s may be very different so we have these multiple selves over the course of our lifetime and so it's pausing long enough to say wow I don't value these things anymore I value these other things and so I'm going to reassess what's valuable to me who I am at this stage in my life and align my life and my work with that and that will bring me purpose and meaning so purpose and meaning is like even the language I'm going to find purpose I'm going to seek purpose but everybody goes outside for it they should be going inside and asking who am I today that I would do X, Y, or Z? Mm, I love I love the way you think about this. And I know that, um, you know, having done a lot of work with the concept of purpose, um, both in client organizations and executive teams, but also with individuals, you're right. People tend to think they're supposed to know their purpose right. and then follow some kind of a plan right. that manifests their purpose rather than actually letting the letting their sense of purpose develop as they have right. life experiences and discover it at this at the center really who they are what matters to them and i love this extra piece that you're really bringing in which is and that can change at different stages of life at different stages of your own development at different uh priorities emerge and your purpose can really shift um mm-hmm. can you give an example of how that's happened maybe it's happened for you well, I think, uh, I think we're, especially in the United States, we're a culture that um, looks at development in a linear way. First A, then B, then C. Our traditional learning systems, workshops, seminars, even school, follows a linear path. But actually, real development and real evolution is circular. We, I mean, I, I think about my own life. Here I am. I'm creating this retreat center in Ecuador. The irony is 
when I started my f- career, I was in the hospitality industry. I, I, I worked in hotels. I produced special events and meetings. And it's kind of like looking at my life and saying, I'm kind of going full circle. Here I was doing this work in the hospitality industry. Then I went through training and coaching. And now I'm going back and incorporating this whole body of learning in my life towards something that causes me to be more than what I've ever been. And so it's that kind of default, like, you know, this kind of evolution, like human, personal, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, evolution is circular. It's not linear. And so that's a real distinction. And it allows for people don't develop because they think they're going to lose something. They have to let go of something. No, no, no. You take that. And you include it and you and you move from there and you find you integrate it. It's an integrative circular process, not a, a place of loss. That's what transformation is. Oh, wonderful. I, I love what you're saying. And I, I think that that really rings true. And, and what strikes me about it is people often think when they're making a change that they are one of my clients called it taking a leap or mm-hmm. leave, you know, as, as if they're about to jump off a cliff, right? It feels mm-hmm. so scary, threatening. actually mm-hmm. threatening. And, um, and yet very often when we turn around and look backward, we look at our own history, we can see how one experience leads to another, how right. something we did at one point prepares us for something that seemed so different uh, that we do later on. Um, we can see those connections, but it's very hard to see them in the present moment when you're making these choices. And I guess, um, I guess I'm curious there, um, as you're giving people the reassuring news that it's actually circular, not linear, um, you know, it, it, I want to go back to fierce again. What is it about uh, making that choice when you're just not sure what's going to happen next? Uh, what does it teach you to choose that? I think it's it's really understanding that uh, it's worth any risk. So for for me, I'll speak to myself personally. I, I could give in to all kinds of fear, and people will will reflect back your fear. I mean, look at the public discourse right now. It's fear laden in the world, and and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of deep seated. Uh, I guess, sense of self, really grounded in who you are, to be able to say, you know, I can be fierce in the face of fear. I'm not, fear is not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's a call to pay attention. It doesn't mean stop. It just means there's something here you need to pay attention to, and you can be fierce in that. And so in that sense, fierce is being willing to pay attention. And to move ahead despite the fear. And that's what I mean when I say fear is the active engagement of courage. I love that. Um, you know, we're going to take another break here in just a second. We only then have 20 minutes and still so much to talk about, Alicia. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to um, let our listeners know that when we come back, I really want to go back to that moment in the rainforest where you had your epiphany. And uh, I'll call it that. Um, and we'll also talk about 
um, how these lessons work together. And, you know, I would like you to be able to give advice as well to people who are listening and who might be wanting to get started on this path of conscious living and fierce leadership. My guest today, Alicia Rodriguez, is uh, speaking with me. I'm Kate Ebner, and you're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. We'll be right back. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer three cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, and the Certificate in Facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. This is Kate Ebner. I'm your host today, and my guest is Alicia Rodriguez. And Alicia and I have been really digging into this topic of fierce leadership and 10 lessons for women. And we've really focused on three lessons in the past segment. Um, 
I said, and I really want to go back to the rainforest moment where you, Alicia, were slogging along, trying not to fall in the mud and <laughs> feeling <laughs> <Exactly>. hot, <laughs> bug bitten, and um, probably pretty pretty sorry for yourself and frustrated as you were doing that. And suddenly, as you sat down and rested, you just had this sense of great oneness with the natural world. And, you know, I want to go back to the, the connection you made um, at one point you said that's transformation and I want to just understand better what was happening in that moment what Mm -hmm. shifted Mm. so it was it was after we walked in and they were pausing by the river and they were talking and this is their land the the rainforest they own I don't know multiple hundreds of hectares of land and it's it's natural rainforest the family owns it and so there was a sense of ancestors there there was a sense of um, belonging for them that I wasn't quite tuned into at the time because I was in my own mind and that was the problem I was in my mind I wasn't there but when I paused by you know, I sat on the bank of the river and the big aha was, here I am, I'm in the middle of a rainforest. Like, how did a Boston girl who grew up in, in corporate world, ran businesses, you know, and had this kind of quote unquote successful life, end up hot, sweaty in a rainforest with a family of shamans? <laughs> that kind of question. And then I realized that I actually live in two worlds. I live in one where there's skyscrapers, cement boardroom suits and traffic. And then there's this other world that's green and fertile and vital and raw. And, you know, I notice how my life here in the United States is managed by technology that, that creates a kind of distance from what's happening, but not in the rainforest. In the rainforest, you have no choice, but to it demands, it kind of demands your heart and soul come to attention. And, and when that happens, there's a connection to everything that is. And that was the sense of oneness. It was like I was in a time warp asking myself, what world do I belong to? You know, am I the person who wakes up in the morning and reaches for my iPhone? Or, or am I the person who is, you know, wakes up at 4 o'clock because the rooster's calling, announcing the dawn of a day in some wild and beautiful forest? And so there was this kind of paradox. I was sitting in a paradox, literally and metaphorically, on the bank of the river and and I, as soon as I let go of my mind because you know paradoxes are like that you can't resolve them with your mind as as soon as I just allowed my feelings and senses that was the moment I I shifted in kind of a sense of unity and I, I kind of uh, think about it as the the heroine's journey piece right where the heroine has this discovery of self and comes back and shares her gifts but it was both the death of one identity and the birth of another more powerful self. And, and that's, that was the transformation right there. It was that kind of sense of birth of one identity uh, and, uh, you know, death of one identity and, and this birth of, uh, of a new me that, that could hold so much more in the sense of unity with all that there was. And I kind of got that the reason I was there was to discover who I was for real. Mm, it's such a such an amazing story, and you've told it so um, so well. I feel like we're there with you as you're describing it. And this new self, it can hold the paradox. Is yes, that right, right. And so you, rec- I recognize when I'm in my head, and this is part of that consciousness which leads to fierce. 
Um, it's understanding, okay, I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself. I'm in my head about this. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually in what I call the conditioned mind. How do I step out of that to see something more, to see beyond a horizon that I can't really see beyond, but I can imagine beyond. And there's that sense of imagination. What's, what, what is more to me? What is more to life? What is more to my business, more to my leadership, more to my work? And so you, you move from that place. So you're not restricted in the way you are when you're kind of in, in the mental models. You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about this shift. I think about the work we're doing at Georgetown at the Institute for Transformational Leadership and the uh, awareness that we have that um, transformation happens when we can suddenly see differently. Mm-hmm. And there's just no way that you can go back to right. seeing the world or seeing yourself the same way you did before. It's, it's definitely um, uh, an element of transformation that's just so, so powerful. And I think that you illustrate this beautifully. Um, you know, as you think about women in particular who may be listening to this show and really wanting to uh, to work with this idea of fierce leadership and of these 10 lessons and develop their own curriculum for their life or begin to think of their lives that way, what advice do you have, Alicia, for your, our listeners today? I, I want people to understand that the, the transition to, you know, this concept of fierce, be it fierce, living fiercely, leading fiercely, and the sense of conscious living and conscious leadership, it's a transition to authenticity. And inevitably, that includes a disillusion of old ways of being, of old attachments, and of an old identity that no longer we don't belong to. And that, that was that transformational piece when I was sitting on the banks. It was, you know, that kind of sense of death of one identity and a birth of a much more uh, amplified kind of sense of self. And that that kind of wisdom comes through an honest dialogue with yourself. And it takes a lot of self-awareness and courage to engage in the dialogue. It changes who you believe you are. And in that moment of letting go of an old identity, you experience what feels like death only to be born into a greater consciousness of who you are. And so you discover that you are more than your title, more than your work, more than what the world tells you you are. You don't seek affirmation from out there. I think authentic leaders know who they are essentially. They are aware of and acknowledge both their shadow side and leverage their gifts and talents in service of others. I think these are the people that are poised to create value and meaning for people, organizations, because people are drawn to this authenticity. So for women who have been taught to put their own needs aside, and I go back to this concept of self-love is the basis of you know, personal leadership that manifests in different ways, you need to tap into that fiercely to own your, your talent and your shadow side. To be fierce is to sift through a lifetime of beliefs about who you are or who you should be that might have been passed on to you by your culture and your parents. This is about making conscious the unconscious beliefs and that thinking that drives your behavior. And when you do that, then you can evaluate it, you can assess it, and you can look to be more authentic and from there be more fierce. And the other thing I, I didn't tell you, which I'll add, is they gave me a totem animal um, in the rainforest, uh, and the totem animal was the black, the black panther. 
And I asked them, why did you give me the Black Panther? And they said, for a few reasons. One is, and this is where fear started. They said, Black Panthers are panthers, and it's a a very sacred animal in the Andean tradition. Um, Panthers are fierce. They fiercely protect what they love. They're very protective of what they love. And they said, panthers are graceful and strong. In other words, they combine strength and sensitivity. And the last one was, panthers can see in the darkness. Mm. Wow. And that was, for me, how I, that symbol is, uh, is what I look to when I say I'm more than what I thought I was. Thank you. That was a that was beautiful. I, I think that um, just illuminated the concepts we've been talking about. I want to go to the idea of circular again, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, right? Because if one experiences this deep conscious connection to one's own authentic self and allows for the kinds of shifts that you're talking about and, you know, is is suddenly able to see and be a whole new way that's both connected and fresh. Does that mean you've arrived or is there a circle back? It never stops. Everything is always in motion and you see this in nature. All our cells are being sloughed off and new cells are growing. So there is no arriving and that's the circular nature of, of like what we call the universal movement. Everything is in constant motion, whether you recognize it or not. The earth is spinning constantly. We just don't feel it. Just because we don't feel it doesn't mean we're not in motion. We are in motion. It, we are, in my belief is, at our core, we're energetic beings. And our energy is always moving. Uh, to not move is a kind of, is death, right? It's, but on, there's something on, even on the other side of death. If you believe that you are more than your body, if you believe that you're more than this kind of incarnation, this, you know, this piece of human being that is really a a blip in time. And I, I don't, that's not a morbid statement. That's actually saying you're more, you're more than that. And when we recognize that, it's kind of like a recognition of our, our, I want to say for lack of a better word, our own divinity. And that's what consciousness is. And so it allows you to hold what previously you would have thought was one thing in opposition of other. It's, you know, heart-based or intellectual. They don't have to oppose. Strength doesn't have to oppose sensitivity. It's a matter of looking at those things that you thought was, were in opposition and, and staying in that. So one day it's strength. One day it's sensitivity. And that's what I mean by constant motion. One day I use, I use compassion. Another day... I'm a little more assertive. Everything's moving. So we don't, and if we recognize that, we become so much more agile in our lives and in the way we interact with one another. When you're back here in uh, what you called the sort of the skyscrapers and the, and the towers and the technology-driven um, world, how do you hold on to this? I think of myself as being the invitation so that's the way, I think that's the way I hold on to it. I, I, I'm not a coach. I'm just the invitation to a deeper dialogue with yourself. And that's how I hold it. And so I can, I, it's an internal process. It's not an external process. It's not about what I do. 
It's about how I carry myself and the way I, I, I experience myself. So I experience myself as the invitation to something more. And people can take me up on the invitation or not, and it's okay. My guest today, Alicia Rodriguez, has shared so much about her work, her philosophy, her own experiences. Um, Alicia, as we come to the end of our hour, where can people go to learn more or perhaps make a plan to visit you in Ecuador? (laughs) Thank you. Um, So the website for Oasis is www.oasisinecuador.com. And that's where you can find out more about Oasis and our programs there. And then, generally speaking, I have a one-page site because I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur, so I decided to put it all on one page. Uh, And that would be www.msalicia.com. And there's a bio page with the links to all three businesses and sites that I have, both Oasis, my personal development site, and Sophia Associates, which is leadership development. Alicia, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your wisdom with us today. It's really been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Kate. I really appreciate it. Well, wish everybody a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management.